is everyone comes to the front end, says it's broken. And I can't tell you how many times it's like 95% of the time it's not the front end because the front end is just regurgitating data. Greetings and salutations. Welcome back to the Development Best Practices podcast brought to you by ILM Professional Services. I'm Jason Erdahl, your podcast host. And on this episode, we'll be continuing down the list of the top five things you can do to take your front-end application to the next level. If you haven't listened to our last episode, I would encourage you to do so before listening to this one. Chris gives an intro to the list and goes deeper into those first three tips. Today, Chris and I cover the last two tips on components and working with the API devs. And then Chris gives two bonus tips on team structure and looking at back-end patterns. Hang around at the end of the podcast for another important announcement from the Minnesota Developers Conference. And here's Chris. You used a pejorative term earlier. You called a component dumb. And you also called a component smart, which is great. I have no idea what that means. Um, So what are smart versus dumb (laughs) components and how do you use them effectively? Sir. Yeah, I guess we could use simple instead of dumb. That's, there we go. That's, I like that. That's less of a harsh simple. word. Yes, it's good. Uh, mm. um, so uh, in front ends, so uh, when you use a component-based architecture in front ends, you 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 basically, like I said in the in in our initial question or, or the first one, which is embrace the component pattern. Right. Uh, you try and break everything into its smallest components, right? Um, but as we, you know, as we explained in the state management, you're also trying to kind of connect those components with data. You know, yeah. you're trying to to use data between components so you're not actually always getting data from the API, creating performance issues, all that kind of stuff. So a smart component is usually what people refer to as a component that actually connects to um, outside resources that could be, uh, um, like I, I like I put it, a different layer, either the state management or it could connect itself to a different API directly, or or that kind of thing. Those those are smart that it actually knows something about the outside world outside of its component. It's basically right. like, well, I'm going to ask. I need to go get something from a different uh, dependency. And I'm going to pull it back down because I need that dependency. That's usually what I consider a smart component. Uh, the simple component, or <laughs> right. you know, a lot of people say dumb components, right. are the components that only know about what input is coming into them. They don't know how they're going to get it. Right. They only know what inputs are coming into them, and they know what outputs are going out. They don't care about anything else they could exist in any kind of system they're a black box to to the outside world essentially okay um in doing that um those simple components are very easy to test to know what they do you put something in you get something out you know it's a very simple system right um and so the more of those you have in your kind of generalized enterprise spa the easier your maintenance will be and the testing will be 
the more you'll understand, the less complex things will be. And the more people you bring on, the easier they'll understand things. Right, right. But you always need those those smart components. And those become a little harder because they're going to interact with outside influences. You know, they may necessarily not be an input. It might actually ask for something and go get it. And so you actually have to do unit testing about the ask for something to go get it and bring it back. And those are a little, little more difficult to unit test. And, you know, the responses could change. And so your testing might change in, in the end in, in maintenance mode, that kind of thing. So it becomes a little more difficult. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you asked about keeping a lot of silly or dumb um, components. How do you keep track of all of these components? so that they don't run amok? My, my go-to is, number one, unit testing should be the foremost thing. To yeah. keep. If, if you're talking about how to maintain them, right. it's unit testing. Okay. If you're talking about how to keep track of them in a file-like system, yeah. uh, I actually advocate more for less folders in a file system. They're all together. Okay. Uh, then you rely on like an IDE to search through them for you. Okay. If you're talking about how to share them in an organization, that's a that's that's a greater <laughs> conversation. Yeah. Uh, I I I usually advocate for what's right now on the top of my mind, which is, um, uh, I'm trying. They're like it's not really a design system. It's usually a component based design system, like like a storybook or something like that yeah. system that actually displays components oh, to other cool. people to allow cool. them to interact, to see what they want. Cool. And on top of that, if you want to go even further, there's like some, some, it's not really, I would say it's cutting edge because no enterprise uses it right now, but there's a new system called, uh, I think it's at a site called bit.dev. Okay. It's a GitHub based component system that allows everyone to share components in a, in a kind of Git-based organization. Uh, I would suggest if anyone wants to take a look at it, take a look at it. It's, it's where I think component storage is going, but that's just cool. me. Well, that's neat. That's neat. <clears throat> um, well, I will include, I will include some stuff in the show notes uh, with some links to that. But that brings us to the fifth and final uh, best practice uh, for managing your modern JavaScript framework for in the front end. Um, um, this one's about um, engaging API and planning. So, um, so let's say you're front end dev, which you are. Why would you need to worry about what the API is doing? Yeah. So, if you don't know what the I've I've been in this situation a bunch, and so if you don't know what the if you are split, let's say in a in several places, the front ends and the and the back ends, the API people are kind of on different teams. They're usually like there's usually a you know a, a no man's land between the two teams, and there's 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 you know discussions sort of. But if you if you if you're not talking with your back end people. What's going to end up and what's almost always ends up is you'll develop a front end. You'll say, oh, cool, we have all this data we're going to push up or get, you know, retrieve or, or update. And so like, okay, we'll just do it. And then once the API, you know, if the API is already done or it's going to be done in the future, is that 
well, the data you want to push up or get isn't there. You're, you're, it's missing a piece. Uh, and you're like, okay, well, API devs, go redo your work because I need a change. Or the API, you know, the API says, well, we can't do that. You need to change the front end. And now you're <laughs> redoing work over and over and over. Although iterative, probably not necessary because if you just had a conversation up front and says, here's what the front end is going to look like. Can we get all the data pieces here? And they could say no, yes. Or and we're like, okay, so the contract, and you work out a contract, you're going to be in a much better place. Yeah. yeah, I would go even further to say the best teams I've ever worked on have the front end people on a team, the back end, or at least one back end dev embedded in that team for the feature, the QA is embedded in that team. You know, everyone's embedded as a cross-cutting team section. Yeah. Uh, because then you really talk all the time about things and what's going on. And so it's really a, a close pairing and a close relationship at that point. And that, dear listeners, is what we call a bonus tip. That would be a sixth best practice <laughs> um, on how to structure your team. Uh, yeah, right. Right in. So that's really great. Sometimes um, you have... Sometimes you can do that. Sometimes you can't. <laughs> well, the other thing is it really helps because, you know, business stakeholders, God bless them. They're doing, they're doing acceptance testing and they see something wrong with the front end. Who do they blame? The front end people. Never the API because it's just way <laughs> too bad. Well, it's, it's broken. I can see it. It's something wrong. You've got to fix it, um, Mr. View developer. Um, and it's really nice when you can just turn and talk really nicely to your friend, the API developer, who you have snacks with, um, and go, hey, why are you doing this bad thing? Um, so why are you returning the expected result there? So, but yeah, yeah so that's, that's, a, that's a good team unity moment. So that's great. I do. Yeah, I do find that funny. It's, it, since every, you're right, Jason, it's, since it's visual and everyone's like, wow, that's where it starts, is everyone comes to the front end says it's broken and i can't tell you how many times it's like 95 percent of the time it's not the front end because the front end's just regurgitating data it's like no but we'll pass it up the chain and you have to pass it up to the different chains and apis and things like that and we're like you know we got to pass it to the next team or a different team or whatever Right. So, but there, there's two things, right? So either you're just trying to dodge blame and getting defensive, or now all of a sudden you're responsible for fault, for, for fixing the problem, right? So now all of a sudden you're like playing the role of Scrum Master or BA and you're explaining the problem to the API developer. And then you have to report back uh, when it's finally fixed. So, uh, yeah. Ugh. Hey, I may or may not be married to a front end dev. Um, so, and I may or may not hear about this at the, tele at the, uh, at the, uh, at the dinner table. So, but well, good stuff. Front end development. It's a fun thing. Um, so, uh, is there anything else you wanted to share? You, you gave us six best practices. Uh, you gave us a bonus. Is there anything else you'd want to share on that? I guess in, in the end, it's, I've noticed more and more that front ends are starting to kind of share the same patterns that back ends do, especially yeah. in the way they're going with like component based architecture and things like that. 
don't be afraid to try and use some of those patterns. Like, you know, we, we talked about layers, you right. know, different presentation layer, data layers. Some of those things are, are actually should be and work really well on the front end too. So don't, okay. don't be afraid to apply some patterns like that to, from the, from the, like the back end side to the front end. Cool. I love it. So, well, great conversation again. And, uh, and if you guys take away one thing from this podcast, remember, hire someone to do your fence. Um, oh, and, and there's some great stuff on front end dev too. So, all right, great. Well, thank you, Chris, as always, it's a joy to talk with you. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Okay. That was a fun episode. Gotta love the life of a front end dev, right? The development best practices podcast is brought to you by ILM professional services. Are you intrigued by what you heard in this episode and the last, but have some questions? ILM can help. Please visit ilmservice.com today to request some time with Chris or one of our other front-end architects. And it's time for a Minnesota Developers Conference update. On June 22nd, we'll be joined by lots of great speakers and hopefully you. Our session topics range from front-end to application security to data science to quantum computing. There's something for everyone. MDC is made by developers for developers with lots of great code examples and practical tips you can use to help your applications. Visit mndevconf.com today for a list of sessions and to secure your ticket. Finally, if you like what you heard today, please tell a friend about us. And if you have any questions or need anything else, please email us at podcast at ilmservice.com. Happy spring, everyone.